Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast brought to you by the Amador Whiskey Company. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined, as always, by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. This is exciting times for me. Uh, the nips might even be getting a little bit... <laughs> A little bit Nippy. rigid because I love this is one of my favorite parts of the year is starting to break down the teams. We've had some requests from the listeners, which we very much appreciate. Like, hey, when are these team breakdowns coming? We got our first one today. Very happy about this. Yeah. All right. Well, we got a four teamer. We got that- Minnesota, Michigan State, Illinois and Indiana. So we're going to do four, four, four and two. So it'll be four pods that will break down the 14 teams. We'll go yep. two from the east, two from the west. Each one, then the final one will be one from the east, one from the west. Sounds good. Good stuff. A couple topical things before we get yeah. rolling here. Yeah. Uh, not to start off on a low note, but uh, Gary Moeller died. Mm. Yeah, Gary Moeller passed. Really good Michigan head coach, right? That's he, He's the coach that I kind of think of when I'm a kid. I mean, I certainly remember Shem Beckler, but he was done in what, uh, late 80s, I think? See, I really don't. You Gary Moeller. Okay. Gary Moeller is the first Michigan coach that I can think yeah, of. Yeah, but for me, that's really what I think of when I think of Michigan football is Gary Moeller. I think of him honestly before Bo, because I was so young when Bo was still coaching. Fair enough. So uh, I had to tell you, a lot of people don't realize this. He was the head coach at Illinois in the seventies, and of course that you know it's a tough program to win at. Uh, it was even in the seventies was a pretty down time for Illini football. Of course, they rose up and were pretty solid in the eighties, but. They had Jim Balick era was not good in the 70s for Illinois. Bob Blackman, he's a college football Hall of Famer, was the coach and actually did a reasonably good job. They probably should not have fired Bob Blackman. Gary Moeller comes in after him. For people that that were alive and lived through Illini in the 70s and all the way up to today, the consensus pretty much is that Gary Moeller was the worst Illini head coach. So Gary Moeller was Tim Beckmaning even before Tim Beckman did it. I mean, I think Beckman is probably the closest one that people would. Are you serious? I Gary mean, Moeller and Tim Beckman, if they if yeah. do a poll on Twitter and I, see. I guess we probably could, but, but you know, there's not a whole yeah, lot of Illini that would, that would even, that are on Twitter to even vote. And I fancy myself a big 10 guy, but my only knowledge of Gary Moeller was with the block M, not the block I. Right. Uh, but I, I don't want this to take away. I, like, I probably shouldn't yeah, be speaking yeah, ill right. of him. But, I mean, I have good memories of him at Michigan. That was the, you know, Desmond Howard sure. era. Yep. Gerbach to, to Howard against Notre Dame. That was Moeller. I mean, those were some amazing teams. And, and you got to give uh, him credit or anybody that would have, when you step into the shoes of a literal legend, like he had to do that's tough to do absolutely and he he kept that train right on rolling yeah yeah they had good teams that's for sure for, yeah yeah interesting stuff though uh yeah good job so, pointing that out i honestly had no i him uh coaching in illinois i had no knowledge of that so then he leaves illinois and they were about as low as you can really get and then mike white came in and immediately they shot back up and, and you know so before white came in 81 i think it was 80 or 81 i can't remember first season but before that, you know, as an Iowa fan, it was all Michigan or Ohio State, and the two teams that actually rose up were Iowa and Illinois in that era. Yeah, and then I guess Michigan State did later in the in in the decade, as did Indiana. 
Yeah. But before it was the big two and a little late, and then well, suddenly that changed. Some Michigan fans still think that's how it is. We'll get into that yeah. here a little bit. But uh, that, unfortunately, more... Oh, okay, might have been a good transition right there that I just gave you. Do you want to transition? Yeah, let's it? transition. Okay, we'll, that. we'll work back. So, Rich Eisen, um, uh, on his show, I'll, I'll, I'll confess... I've never watched the show. I, I, I'm not just, I'm just not big into watching the sports shows. I, I like to listen to podcasts while I'm driving down the road. Especially the ones that are just like a Colin Coward. Well, it's where it's all encompassing all sports. They don't really focus on anything. So they, they're not really specialists at anything. They're generalists. So I don't, it doesn't appeal to me. Very well explained. I feel the exact same way. I, I'd like to say, Overall, I, I don't have negative feelings towards Rich Eisen. He was a part of the original SportsCenter crew, the old school, before ESPN went stupid. So I, no. I've always, I got fond memories of Rich. I would say my my feeling of Rich is positive. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, everybody says dumb things. Me and you, I'm sure, sure have said lots of dumb things on this, <laughs> on this podcast right here. But, you know, I'm not going to pay the clip. I don't know what the rules are with that. But essentially... He preempts this by saying, you know, I'm I know I'm going to sound like an arrogant Michigan fan here, but uh, he said, essentially, what rivalries matter in the Big Ten that don't involve Michigan, essentially denoting that the only rivalries that matter are Michigan, Ohio State, which obviously matters. It is the most important rivalry in the Big Ten. Nobody's going to uh, uh, debate that. But then I guess alluding to that Michigan, Michigan State matters sure but but nothing nothing else there are no rivalries that matter past the two that michigan plan okay and then then they go so far as saying well wisconsin do they have a rival obviously the first one's minnesota and they came up with well michigan is their right their biggest right which is not really i i don't know that they and then the first one they threw out for a rivalry was iowa iowa state which isn't even is even dumber because iowa state is not in the big 10 And then he said something along the lines of alluding to Wisconsin and Minnesota's biggest rival rival is Michigan. Right. I, I I don't know. Which it's not. I understand that, you know, it's the first go-to explanation, which is probably the correct one. They're going for clicks. Um, As I shared in DMS with a good Michigan fan, at what point though, do you, don't you need to be a steward of the, the sport and like, like it's fun to say catchy things and get some attention. Sometimes I, don't know. I get it, but but then you just cross over into making yourself sound uneducated and boorish, which is exactly how this came up to me. Well, and arrogant. It was it was stupidity and arrogance combined, and so he ended up proving the thing that he thought he was going to disprove that he, he's not an arrogant Michigan fan. During my presentations that I do for work, I uh, say what I state what I'm going to say, and then I say it. So I guess that's kind of what he did here. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> he pre-warned us, but I, I mean, and and this is a whole conversation. We can't go deep in because obviously we got stuff to cover here, but like it's more of the, if it's, if it's a Twitter person with 80 followers, whatever, but when it's somebody like Rich Eisen, okay, and they're trying to siphon college football down to eight teams, and my team ain't in the eight team either. Right. We're, we're tell you one thing. Iowa and Illinois are a lot closer to what these people want. Yeah. Great. You, you're hurting the sport. Yep. And if things keep going that way, you're going to get what 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 you're asking for Correct. here, and you're not going to like it. So yeah, I don't know. It, it it didn't seem set up to me. It seemed genuine to me. It didn't seem like they were. It was you know pre canned. Like okay, we're going to do this, and this is the reaction we're hoping for. No, it just seemed like 
off-the-cuff, genuine thoughts. I totally agree, which maybe then is the best explanation of that he didn't put a lot of deep thought into it. But but if you are if you fancy yourself a college football fan and you think Wisconsin's biggest rival <laughs> is Michigan, you maybe aren't as big of a college football fan as no, you think. No, you're definitely not. Uh, speaking of things that potentially are not getting that uh, – well thought out uh, very quickly because this is just like in its infantile stages, but seems to be that uh, the commissioner of our conference is looking into and pushing unions um, specifically to the big 10 geez, as if we didn't have enough change <laughs> going on, you know what? Let's go deeper into this. I mean, you brought up the, I, I saw it and I just kind of like, I don't even want to put any energy into it. I don't want to think agree. about it. So I didn't think about it, and then you brought up something that I'm sure I would have eventually come around to, that, okay, how are you going to feel when the first lockout happens? So I, I, I saw a bunch of people in the big group talking about, hey, this is, it's about time, this is, I'm like, I just oh. say, so to all you bleeding heart types that just think we always have to bend over backwards to the, the oh, awful student athletes whose lives are so difficult, I can, I can speak in those tones because I used to be one, okay? Let's see how you feel. When you're into the second week of October and we haven't had college football yet because they locked out. It's just amazing. Just that- th- and then it went silent after that because I think maybe I'm being a little bit of hubristic, but I don't think they thought of that. And no. all of a sudden we're like, oh, yeah, I guess unions could do that. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. they could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, like if it is like pushing for medical, I'm all for kids getting sure. taken care of. I don't remember one knee not getting fixed and back at the University of Iowa. And that was the archaic late 90s, early 2000s. Right. Uh, you could have been a fifth-year scrub that blew his knee out in the last game. They were fixing that knee for you. Correct. I, 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 I've, show you... me the examples of the, the, of athletes being treated like, like cattle on the way to the slaughterhouse. Because I just don't think it's that way. If you're on scholarship... Or even not. If you were walking, you were still getting fixed, right? I, I would think so. They might not be as attentive as the sure. first string sophomore running back that yeah. they want back next you, year, but they're going to fix your knee for you. Yeah, you may not get into surgery today with the best surgeon, but you're going to get into the surgery eventually with a, a actually licensed surgeon. Last thing, speaking of running backs, uh, we totally spaced on this. Um, Marion Barber passed away. It's been over a month now, I believe. Um, yeah. Kind of sad end to the Marion Barber story from what I can uh, uh, pull out. But, man, how good was the Barber-Lawrence-Maroney running back duos? Marion the Barbarian and Lawrence, that that was – I mean, that's one of the all-time best duos of running backs in Big Ten history. You've got to – actually, you got to put them on that list. I don't know where they fall, but you got to talk about it. That would be a great – list to see you know maybe just going back the last 40 years or so put the duo um i boy i mean i'm sure there's some that compare to it we could probably hear people you know shouting them out right now of their own school but that one is up there um of the last 25 years you know 30 years whatever essentially since i've been an iowa football fan no minnesota teams no no other minnesota teams struck fear in my heart more than the Barber Maroney duel, like you always felt Maroney was going to beat you up, and the second you dropped your head, there goes there goes Maroney down the field for eighty yards. Well, and I think one of the things is that it wasn't like a one a, it wasn't like a, a one and two. It was one a one b. Like there was no, really no dominant one. They were both on equal footing and both like 
either one of them could have been standalone, the best running back or around the best running back in the league, but they had two of them. Correct. And they got basically an equal share. And by the way, that was running behind some amazing gopher offensive lines. I believe that probably would have been during the Greg Esslinger years, right? I think they coincided. Sound, didn't they? Somewhere probably there. I think so. Um, uh, probably the beginning of the pair and a spare. I don't, I'll be honest with you. I don't remember who the spare was the third person no. in this, but uh, anyways, uh, apologies to gopher fans that we didn't bring it up before, but we wanted to wax poetic about how good those running back duo was. Side note, Lawrence Maroney had a scholarship to, Pulled from the University of Illinois. <laughs> Bring it all together. We got it. So the Michigan State fans probably would have enjoyed a parts of what we just talked about here. We're talking about gopher running backs. Yeah. They should have went to Illinois. Coaches that went to Illinois. What are the teams we're talking about here? Minnesota, Michigan State, Illinois, and, and then Indiana at the end. But anyways. Yep. All right. Glenn Mason. Glenn Mason. Dude, First, he put teams together, man. He did. Those teams were always competitive. Always a great running game. Lacked usually a little bit in the passing game, but good defenses, just the, solid the, all around. The trigger men were lacking. Uh, their their defenses were good. Yeah, they they did never seem to be not elite, great, but good. But and and that's why they they won seven, eight, nine <laughs> games every year. Man, I would love to meet Mace. He, I met him once. Oh, you did? Uh, very I, briefly. Okay. Don't know if it counts. Um, there's an air about him. You can you could sense that's, it. Just that's why I want to meet him. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> What a, if it was in the right setting, you would love him. If it was any other setting, you would laugh because no, of, would, that, of, how, of how hubris of, of a feeling you would probably give off, I think. I'm just going to not say, I'm going to stop talking. Yeah. Well, we got another Minnesota coach to talk about here too anyway. So, all right, let's go. Minnesota Golden Gophers, the 2022 Minnesota Gophers. Shout out to Ryan Burns. Um very knowledgeable person. Uh, helped me out some little bit of knowledge here. So last five years, Minnesota's record 35 and 23. That's 58% of uh, games winning, which is good for seventh in the Big Ten. So right in the meaty part of the graph right there. Last year, nine and four, second in the Big Ten West. Took home the ax, beat up the opponent in the bowl game. How do you feel about the current state of the Gopher fo- football program? Well, you know me. I, I, I'm a big feelings guy. I have a lot of feelings. Usually everything I do in my life is driven by feelings, <laughs> not so much, you know, um, logic, or... reason, anything like that. It's just are feelings. You, are you picking up the sarcasm, folks? Because he's laying it on pretty thick. But when I do these previews, the fir- the thing that I'm trying to get out of this these previews is the feel. What is the feel that I have for the program right now? For the Gophers, good feeling. Um, I think they've got the coach that's not only doing a good job, is going to be there for a long time. I think he's brought consistency and a little bit higher level of play. Like, he's risen the level of play, and he's keeping it there. The thing that we need to see is the next step. To Like, he's he's got them competing in the West. He doesn't have them winning the West. So, arrow pointed up, but that's the next step. That, I don't, I don't really know how... Uh, anybody could disagree with that, whether they were a Gopher fan or a rival to to the Gophers. Um, another way of describing that would be, I don't know how you could disagree with that if you're a fan of P.J. Fleck or somebody that maybe doesn't like P.J. Fleck so much. Uh, was listening to a Nebraska podcast uh, as they break down Minnesota, and they basically just start out talking about how much they dislike P.J. Fleck. Sure. But then, after they kind of, you know, eat through the rotten peach, they eventually get to the point where they say, but they, then they have to give them respect 
because other than the very challenging 2020 year, it has just increasingly got better since PJ has been there. Absolutely. Okay. And and he's doing a really good job evaluating. Even if they don't get the highest recruits, he does a good job evaluating for his system and then developing the players. I, again, it's, it's hard to argue against that, you know, um, not a not the biggest fan of Peach myself. You know, right. I'm an Iowa fan. I'm trying to call it how I see it. Let's maybe start with the defense, if you don't mind. Yeah. How many people know how good this defense was last year? Very few. And I and I know what you're going to bring up. And we both love pick six previews. They were 15th last year. Well, okay. This is overall though. This isn't just specifically. They were 15th last year in his game grader formula. That I don't think people realize how good this Gopher team was overall last year. And but it it was mostly because of the defense. Mostly be and you know everybody from the outside and some Gopher fans they attack football programs, right? Uh, you think it's just your football program, meaning you a fan of your team. It happens to most uh, football programs from the outside. What I'm getting to is that everybody tore the passing game apart. Okay, but I'm think I think. Pretty early in the year, Peej realized that the defense was really good. The offensive line rushing attack was really yep. good. But the offensive line pass pro and overall passing ability yep. just was not there. So what do you do in those situations? You run the ball and you play defense. Correct. And they did it to a tune of nine wins. Like, he leaned in the direction of what he needed he, to do. You know what that is? That's good coaching. I believe that's just – and it's – it's confident coaching, knowing that you're just going to do what you feel you have to do as opposed to trying to appease the outside forces. You know what it was? It was kind of Iowa-like without maybe the special teams that Iowa – you take Iowa, pull the special teams out. That's what Minnesota looked like to me. I completely agree. Um, I think Peej has said something along the lines of emulating Iowa and Kirk Ferentz. I could be wrong if that's something that somebody wants to throw. Okay, so um, I trust I trust Joe Rossi – a lot, right? Their defensive coordinator. For sure. He has moved into the list, the ever-growing list of Big Ten West defensive coordinators where you just assume he's going to put a good group together. You know what I like to call him, and this isn't going to be the first time that I use this in this podcast? He's a B-list defensive celebrity. <laughs> that's, that's a great way of putting it. And I know you mean that as a compliment. It is a compliment because nobody, why nobody... I say B-list is because he doesn't get the, he, people don't talk about him. That's great. Right? Yeah, but that is, but yeah. he deserves to get the big role. It took me a half a second for my brain to catch up, but that was, that was good. That's exactly what he is. He is. Yeah. And some B-list celebrities, like, you know, they're, they're some of the most enjoyable celebrities. You're like, you know? why doesn't this guy get more roles? I don't get it. I can't remember his name. <laughs> Right. But I like him. But I like him. Okay, I'm going to play a little game here real, okay. real quick. Yeah. So we lost a ton off the Minnesota D-line, yeah. right? Okay, so there isn't a big name, okay, that's that's coming back, but there's a big rotation. Okay, so I'm just sure. going to I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna throw their okay. names out real quick. Okay. Are, are you ready? Yeah. Okay, well, we all know Thomas Rush. He's, he's, he's somebody that I think a lot of people would know. Trill Carter. Devin Eastern, Logan Richter, Kyler Bogg, Jacob Schuster, Ja Joyner, Jalen Logan Redding, Jonathan Coleman, Lorenzo Sugars. Here's the funny thing. Uh I made one of those names up. First Gopher (laughs) fan to get ahead of me on Twitter to say which one of those names made up. I'm going to get a prize to you. Okay. Okay. All right. There you go. But that's my point is like. It's going to take a a deep rooted Gopher fan to really know. 
Okay. You know, like who who they're expecting to come out of this D line rotation. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, however, I think a lot of D coordinators, maybe Joe Rossi is one of them. If they had the choice between having one elite D lineman and three pretty good ones, as opposed to having seven or eight quality people that you can just keep rotating for freshness, they might take that option. I yeah, I think I would probably take that option. So I think I heard an, a a a hyphenated name in there. Yes. Then that has to be real. <laughs> That's that one is real. Okay. We remember we talked about that last year. They always they always this is the Minnesota hy- always leads in hyphenated names. Absolutely. That's Mariano Suri Marin. Yeah. Marin, we're gonna get to him. But by the way, so let's back up a second. Joe Rossi, I feel like this is finally the script that could get him into the A list category. You know, he's got it's a good script, good director, you know, producer. <laughs> this is the role for him. So and what I mean there is he's got work to do. Okay. Yeah. Like he's replacing a lot. Who is who's gonna step up? If he can knock it out of the park with with this roster, he's gonna raise up into that A list. That is a good point. I think what I think what you're getting to is that it the defense maybe lacks some star yeah. punch. Yeah. But then you mix that in with if he can do this again for the second year in a row for sure, that's what gets him in. That's what gets him into a starring role. Yeah, and I think just overall what I see with the defense, the front seven, that's my concern. Okay. Can he put that front seven together? Got a nice looking defensive backfield, but and it all starts up front. So what's gonna what's the defensive line gonna look like? I think if that looks good, the linebackers will be fine. Defensive backs will be fine. Yeah, I think the linebackers are okay. I mean okay. I mean MSM, the hyphen, uh He's fine, you know. He's, I I, yeah. I don't know how many Big Ten teams he would start for. Uh, he came a long way though. He has he gotten did. He did. so much better. Uh, Cody Lindbergh, fan favorite. We'll see if he maybe takes a step up. But I'm with you there. You know, uh, uh, Braylon Oliver. There, there's talent there. Consistency from the D line. But dude, those DBs. I I think I had started formulating this tweet in my head where I'm going to do a all disrespected team or sure. undervalued team. You could maybe have a couple people from the Gophers' backfield on it. I mean, Justin Wally was really good last Fantastic. year. Fantastic. But, you know, you remember Terrell Smith was Justin Wally a few years ago, and he kind of faded back. I I want to see him. Wow, that's a good point. I think he's a guy that could be a key here. If he can get it all, put it all together, then I think raises him up even more. Yeah, and then that's a good point because Beanie Bishop has transferred in who they uh, – uh, they're looking to start and step up, but yeah, Terrell Smith was the same way. Good safeties too. Newman and Howden, good yep. safeties. So it, it should be a good yep. defense. Switching over the offense, Tanner Morgan back for we got to do the joke, right? Tenth year in the league. I mean, if if you don't take the joke, it's... tenth year and, and looks every every bit of it. Sorry, Tanner. <laughs> I hope, I hope he I know. probably laughs that off in person. Does he seems I, I like a good dude? I know. Yeah, we, we, um, we mean it in a good way. Hundred percent. I, I only bust chops with people I like. Okay, <laughs> exactly. That's yeah. a great way of putting it. So we're getting the band back together, right? We yeah. got Kirk Shiraka. I'm excited back, about this. Back at offensive coordinator. So Kirk Shiraka back at offensive coordinator. If he can spice up the passing game, will he be Kirk Sriracha? Whoa. <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, all right. You know I'm a dad. You're, you're spicy. That is a that was a solid dad joke. It, it popped in my head just this morning. Nice. And I think I, I think I pulled on. Um, okay. So do they have the wide receivers to do that? Because Tyler Johnson, Rashad Bateman, obviously like generational type wide receivers. They've had them both at the same time. That was to me the key to that 
that offense when he, when it was rock and roll in 2019. Do they have the receivers that can run that slant every single time and make it work? We'll see. I do not have that answer. I think this is a good wide receiver group. I don't know that it's a great one, but they've got a lot of options. It goes pretty deep. Like guys that you can rely on goes pretty deep. Okay. I'm going to challenge you just a little bit there. Okay. Here's one thing I would think if I was a Gopher fan. I don't think Gopher fans expect the, the wide receivers to be as good as they were in 2019. That that might go down as, I mean, those were it was elite wide receivers. All time. Okay. They don't have to be that good and still be good enough to win games. Is that fair? Yeah. So I think Crab is that good, but not great. Yeah. Okay. I think Dalen Wright can be that good, but dude, that guy is as consistent he, as my yeah, three-year-old. He, he's streaky. That's a good point. I, I, it's got you got to see it, and then you could say the same thing about Brevin Span Ford hyphen. Well, okay, going to the tight end, but don't forget about Mike Brown Stevens, Daniel yep. Jackson, those are both pretty reliable receivers, too. Okay, I think I have four really good wide receivers, four solid to good wide receivers. Yes, I agree. Okay, to if if it's but don't you think getting over top and getting past that hump? I think we need one of them to be Bateman like, yeah, right, and the person that it could be. Is Jalen Wright? I don't yeah. have a lot of confidence okay. that there's a. I have. I would put more percentage that there's some sort of locker room incident involving Jalen Wright than, okay. than a uh, 1,000 yard receiving eight touchdown deal. Okay. Okay. I yeah. hope I'm wrong. No. Um, we'll save the best for the last, which we I think we all know what that is. The the line. Okay. Much talked about line in that everybody's gone <laughs> from it, and this is what's funny to me. Only the center comes back with everybody new around them. You know what that sounds like? Iowa last year. Right. With their offensive line. Iowa's offensive line very much struggled last year. Yep. You know, I know why. Injuries. And then you very quickly saw the lack of depth. I think Minnesota has enough here with Ariante Ursay, Axel Rushmeyer, Chuck Felicia. He's the transfer from Michigan. There is enough there to hodgepodge a line well, together. Yeah, and don't forget about the Notre Dame transfer, Quinn Carroll, from right down the street here. Yep, yep, who was rumored to come here, left, and then left the, the area and then came back. Um, I think there's enough there to string it together, but if injuries or just poor performance happen, we, we could have issues. Yeah, I'm really interested to see who starts at that right tackle. Is that J.J. Gaday? From Illinois, is it Quinn Carroll from right here? That's that's one of the most interesting uh, position battles on this whole roster for me. Maybe think, the most interesting. I think Ryan Burns would agree with you. Yeah, um, I think that's that's a big question mark that's out there. So think about that. We've got question marks on the offensive line and the defensive line. That's what makes this them so tough to predict this year. Agree. I have more questions with the offensive line. I think I know how to get out of the defensive line. Okay. I think I'm going to get solid C plus to B minus play across the board. Okay. But that's, and then dude, I, I, amazingly on the all disrespected team, I, I would put Mo Ibrahim. Okay. I think I know why it was a nasty injury. Okay. Can you just expect that he's going to come back from that and be the same runner? I, I can't, I hope to God he is. All signs point to that he's looking good, and I feel like if there's anybody that has the tenacity and toughness to pull it off, yeah, it's Mo. I mean, I, I'm not saying he's not going to come back 100, percent but that's one that you don't just assume it's going to happen. 
Agree. Now, the good part is it happened early in the year. So he's yeah. had dang near a full year yep. to, to get back. So uh, looking at the schedule, they start out with essentially three patsies, but that's when Minnesota, you know. They they like to Minnesota in those games. They, they certainly play down. Um, My guess is if it's going to happen, it would be the second game of the year, Western Illinois. That's, I don't that, know. Do you think so? But, but it's a that's an FCS team. Yeah. I so, don't... like, maybe this sets up perfect because – the first week is the fighting Jerry kills. Oh gosh, that's right. So you gotta think and killing Peach. <laughs> oh gosh, that kills can't... another. He might be. He might have been the first person on the list of the Big Ten coaches that don't like Peach. That's so. gonna be musty TV watching how those two interact during that game. Whether they talk, except for Rich the... Eisen. Rich Eisen will not watch that. Right, he couldn't no. care less. No, he doesn't. Doesn't care. The rest about. of us will watch. Um, and then Colorado, boy, did they beat the snot out of Colorado. Then, then you, then you go Michigan State at Michigan State, first time on the road. Purdue, that was that's been kind of a spicy game by week, and then that, then the heart of their schedule. It is as far as the crossovers. Okay, Michigan State, Rutgers, and Penn State. You could do, I guess, a little bit better. Okay, Michigan State, yeah. Penn State. I, you know, third and fourth team there. And, but you miss Michigan and Ohio State. Yeah, but you're on the road, both of those. This is it, They didn't get any gifts in the crossover, I don't think. I would say it's in the middle. I'd put it in the middle. Okay. When you miss both Michigan and Ohio State, okay, that's the first tier for me. Okay. You bring up a good point. Okay. Uh, how, you start off which one you want to start for scariest uh, game. Uh, let's go not. biggest game. Okay. So, you know, obviously Iowa's a huge game. Obviously Wisconsin. But I feel like it's almost like a – I don't feel like I, it's – I should be able to choose those two. Okay. Like, it's too easy, okay. right? Yeah I, yeah, I would just choose Wisconsin every year as the biggest game. So I'm throwing those two out. I'm going to say at Michigan State because it's a winnable game. Of course, you're on the road. If you start 3-0, I expect him to start 3-0. Then you go on the road, beat the Spartans. You got Purdue that you you handle easy, most years, right? Not easily, but you they've got Purdue's numbers. So you, you're expecting a win. Good point. Then you're off. Then you're at Illinois. Suddenly you're looking at six and zero, five and zero going to the idle week with Illinois on the other side of the idle week. You, you're bringing up a good point. I like Michigan State. I took Iowa. I took the low hanging fruit. I guess yeah, I get it because they, they've got Peach's got an Iowa problem. I mean I, that has stopped them from winning the Big yeah. Ten West two out of the last three years. He does have an Iowa problem. That's that's one he's got to get past. Uh, scariest game. I put Western Illinois just because it fits all of the monikers. Yeah, but it, you, well, you, it's probably stupid because they're FCS. But anyways. but there, there was that year, wasn't it? South Dakota State. Yeah, they, they struggled with them too. <laughs> they lost to them. Yeah. I'm going with, and it's a toss up here: Rutgers or Northwestern. I'm a, I guess I'm going to go Northwestern because everyone's predicting to finish at the bottom of of the West, right? Okay. And but they're Northwestern, so it's one of those. Are they going to look past them? Okay. And are they are they going to get Northwestern? I'm going NU. Curbstown. I'm sorry, it's not NU. It's NW. Oh, that's right. Yeah. They, haven't, they, haven't, they haven't won it. I, I apologize, off. Husker fans. I apologize. Uh, Curbstown. Oh, Curbstown. I'm going Colorado after what I saw last year. Two, I got two. Yeah. I mean, dude, they they physically they annihilated it was, Colorado. It was one of the biggest beatdowns for a non-conference Big Ten I've ever seen. Absolutely, and it, <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't seventy to nothing, but it didn't matter the way that they won that game. Yeah. Colorado was moving backwards. By the way, we skipped over, my bad, but special teams. Let's just see the oh. special teams go from, like. Well, so Trickett and Crawford are both back. Yep. They were, by gopher standards, they were solid they last year. They were better year. last by year. By gopher standards. By the way, they, 
they don't even really try on the coverage units. They have basically just said, don't let the coverage units kill us. That's essentially their special teams. Like, is there something like a just punt return, just focus on punt return that you can improve on? Sure. I don't know. Something to look at. Uh, over under seven and a half. What you're feeling right now? Right where it needs to be. It, it, I, honestly, I could flip a coin either way. I'm wow, gonna, really? Yeah. Okay. I, I could flip a coin. Now, I think it was seven and a half last year. I went over. I was right. So I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to go with the over here. I don't love it, but I just see how the front of that schedule, they could be, like I said, at six wins before they know it, six and oh. Okay. So I'm going over. Going over? Yeah. I'm going over. I feel a little bit more confident in the over. Do you? Okay. Um, but these things change, you know, we're into, we're into figuring out season. and. But then I, I don't know. I, then I look at, am I crazy with the offensive line questions and defense, like front seven questions on defense? But I'm I'll still say, going over. I'll say this. If they go under seven and a half, my, I think it'll be because of the offensive line. Okay. Like that would be the definite reasons behind it. So, yeah. Okay. All right. Moving on to the 2022 Michigan State Spartans. Shout out to Standing Room Spartans for some knowledge. Dougie's always right there. Last five years, 37 and 22. 37 and 22, 63% winning percentage, six in the Big Ten. So Minnesota was seventh. Hmm. Michigan State is six. Last year, of course, they had the big Mel Tucker tuck coming, 11 and two season. What you thinking about the, the the fighting tucks? Okay, the feels I get here are very good. Um, I'm not sure you can have better feels for where a coach is at his tenure at a school. Right, he had a, he had the weird first year, and then last year just shocked shocked the the college football world really. And the things he's doing right now, getting players to campus, is impressive. And we we know the coaching's good, so I have great feelings about the Michigan State Spartans right now. Yeah, just like that, it's Mel Tucker is going into his third year here. Um, I was ahead of the curve a little bit with Mel Tucker. You were. I liked him before most people, but dude, I didn't think it was going to be. That that good by year two um the recruiting probably is the thing maybe the recruiting and it's not just excites michigan state fans as much as last season did right (laughs) but it's it's recruiting not just from the high school ranks but their their transfers that they're getting i mean they're doing it again they got a ton of transfers mel tucker's a cool customer Loves to take those tweets and snapchats of him smoking the cigar Can, can i just say speaking of being ahead of the curve Lovey Smith was the out of the curve in terms of transfer. Remember, he went all in on the transfer portal. Tried. Yeah. yeah. You're welcome, Mel. Yeah. He obviously paved the way yep. for him. Um, okay. So, I mean, last year, it was a feast or famine thing. I mean, the offense just exploded off of the page. Um, defense, maybe not quite so good. I think you. St- this is, again, low-hanging fruit for breaking a team down, but... I, the big thing you start with here is can they replace Kenneth Walker? Sure. Or what's it going to look like? I I know that's maybe a lazy take, but I mean that more as a compliment to Kenneth Walker. He was amazing, and 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 I think he made a pretty good offensive line look mm. really good. Yeah. Uh, kept defenses on their heels that helped open things up for a talented, but like not an offensive passing attack. Anyways, it is going to be interesting to see what this offense looks like this year. Yeah, well, I mean, if if we want to just jump right into running back, the, oh my gosh, they got running backs for days on this roster. They bring in transfer Jarek Broussard from Colorado. 
He was a Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year in 2020. They bring in, of course, Jalen Berger that we know from Wisconsin. Who was we? He didn't overwhelm at Wisconsin, but I think there's still a lot there. Elijah Collins is still on this team. Jordan Simmons is still on this team. I mean, but they go deeper than that too. They got some young guys they like. So let's say they have. Let's say they go five deep in the running back room. How many of those would you trade for? For for, for I mean, one? I, yeah, I mean, I. To be honest, I would probably okay. I'd probably try the top four running backs for him and just keep one more. Yeah. after him. Yeah, so that's probably aggressive towards the running back room. Sparty fans might. I, I was not overwhelmed by Jalen Berger. No, he's he's so and and Jarek Broussard. So these running backs. What what I think I'm seeing here is that the Michigan State offense is going to look completely different than it did last year. So you think they're going to rely a lot more on the passing game? I think it's going to look now, now. Let me explain. Well, yeah, I, I think mean, it's going to look Minnesota, Iowa, and Wisconsin like. Okay, but they have more skill at the quarterback and well, yeah, pass, I was, catching. I was, I was gonna... The the point I'm trying to get at is I I don't think this will be as explosive of an offense. Oh no! I mean, how can it be? Right? Okay. So if you if you take explosion plays down quite a bit, I'm not saying down to zero. I'm saying quite a bit. Now you get into more manageable downs type of offense. Sure. So then, by the way, I think it helps them out get into more of a complementary football thing where their defense is going to look better. So I think the defense Mm. is going to come up in the ranks. I think the offense and explosion is going to come down. I don't know what that'll mean overall for the record, but this is what I think. Everything's going to regress towards the mean is what you're saying. There will be some regression. Yes. That's that's very well explained. Yeah. So Peyton Thorne, I consider him kind of my guy in terms of any non-Illini. I think if I had to choose one, you know, that I'm really pulling for love me some Peyton Thorne. And he's got Jaden Reed that is just getting so much preseason pub right now. And he deserves it. He does. Uh, By the way, I've got a prediction. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, we had last year uh, uh, Jake Ferguson is is uh, mm. Barry Alvarez's grandson. We had that for a couple years. Yep. Minnesota offensive line talk about how big they are. This is the one we're going to hear this year. Yeah. Ready? Okay. Peyton Thorne and Jaden Reed have played together <laughs> since high school. Well, I think we heard that a lot last year. It's going to take. It's going to catch fire. No, you're year. right. We're going to hear it almost every... And, but the reason we're going to hear it is because that's probably going to be the focal point of the offense. Definitely, and it's a good place to start. Um, Peyton Thorne could be on the... Uh, probably will be the quarterback of the all-underrated team. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't think of anybody more. He was really good Lovely last guy. year. He set Michigan State passing records, and there's a guy still playing in purple here locally that played quarterback at right. Michigan yeah. State. I'm just saying for single-season records, like... But, but if it is a situation where they understand because the running back room isn't quite as explosive that more is out of the quarterback. Can Peyton Thorne be that consistent quarterback? I'm not saying yes or no. I'm saying I can't wait to watch to see what happens. Well, and it's not like he's got the greatest looking offensive line on paper in front of him to do that. I'm a little bit concerned. I mean, they're, they're rebuilding. They graduate a lot of guys, uh, lose, lost some depth even off of last year. There's some injuries there. To me, this is the key to their whole season. What is the offensive line gonna look like? How are they gonna play? I, I th- definitely, definitely number or, one. I'm sorry, on the op- on the maybe offense. not the whole season because there's a there big is. thing we're gonna yeah. talk about. Your, your, your brain's going right where <laughs> yeah. my but but 100 agree that this is one of the bigger question marks. I I I from my sense is that Michigan State fans aren't that 
you know, don't feel solidified with their offensive line. By the way, Michigan State Twitter is it's spicy too. Holy cow! Right um, now, is it just well, just period. Oh, just, just in o- general. just overall. Sure. Um, um, uh, that that, w- but you're right. That will be the key. I mean, Jalen Berg or uh, uh, Jaden Reed, obviously. Trey Mosley is good. Hate to say it, but you know, Daniel Barker was a good tight end for Illinois. Mark my words, he will score a touchdown against Illinois. That's a roll this year. Is there is there a way? Is there a way like a prop bet that I can get in Vegas I'm sure about him is. scoring a touchdown because he is going to score a touchdown against Illinois? It's probably out there somewhere. At least it is before the game. And by the way, Malik Carr was a good tight end that Michigan State fans like too. So, Absolutely. I mean, I, I forget about Malik Carr, but yeah, yeah he's he's going to play into this too. So they got something here on offense if the offensive line could come together. Switching over the defense. Okay, so four two five. I will say, last year, I mean, they they faced Ohio State that we know, Purdue, Western Kentucky of the Big Ten. Yeah. You know, they did face yeah, some passing attacks. That is my excuse for. I mean, they were as bad as you can be. No, I think they were dead last. I think they were dead last. Dead last in, in passing. Yard, passing yardage given up, and they were first in the conference in sacks. I've never seen that before. That should be impossible. I think it is. I think they literally did the impossible. That's like being a rich, pretty good-looking dude, and you just you 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 can't find chicks. Yeah, like, right. You, you should like, get what, chicks. What is this guy doing wrong? I don't know. Devil's in the details with that. So what? Okay, kind of already alluded to it. I do think it'll be more complimentary football, which will help the defense out. So where we start on the defense, the defensive tackles are amazing and deep. Kate, uh, Slade and Barrel. There's other guys behind them. It's it's really good. After that, the defensive ends, pass rush, what they're going to do uh, against the rush, that that is a hodgepodge. I don't think Michigan State fans know exactly how the full rotation along the defensive line is going to be. They do bring in a nice-looking transfer, though. Chris Bogle from Florida, defensive end. B- but still kind of an unknown, yeah, right? Got, yeah, okay. But – it, it's a it's it's the the rest of the defensive line, which basically is the defensive ends. It's it's a combination of transfers, older guys that they're expecting to step up, and then freshmen that we haven't seen. So we, I don't know if we, I don't even know if the Michigan State coaches know what the defensive line rotation is going to look like. Also, going to be a big part of of the of the um, uh, defense. Switching over to the linebackers, I think Cal Halliday is a name that's. Good, uh, or, uh, or Sparty fans known. love him, but yet there still is this. Uh, who else can we bring in to to challenge Cal yeah. Halliday? Well, I've they, seen... yeah, I mean, there's not there's not big names outside of him. No, that linebacker. A couple different names that are running around the 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 linebackers. We will see how it comes together in the defensive backfield. Uh, got the Georgia transfer at cornerback, Amir Speed. I mean, that's that's all name team right Great there. Name. Literally, yeah. I have it written down right there. Xavier Henderson is a name we all need. If we keep saying the same thing, it's because the defense just didn't look good. I think the secondary will look better this year because of all the things we've talked about. But boy, it needs to look better. Otherwise, you are not going to get into the upper echelon line, especially in the Big Ten East when you got to go against Ohio State. I mean, so they got four returning starters, plus they add speed. Ronald Williams transfer from Alabama is there, too. I, there's I, there's just, if they can get, <laughs> there's no reason for what happened last year. And by the way, I'm, I'm, I want more out of Scotty Hazleton. I thought that was a for great real. hire. For real. So show, show us that you are the defensive coordinator I expected you to be. I, I mean, going into year three, who would have thought Jay Johnson – 
would be the coordinator you feel better about with Scotty Hazelton. I that's I a sh- great point. To bring I shook up. my head at the Jay Johnson hire. I was I couldn't have been wrong more wrong about both of the coordinators. And we nodded at the Hazelton hire. Absolutely loved it. So I don't know. So you would think like he's got the coaching chops to fix this, but he does. You got to see it starting this year. <laughs> it's got to happen, man. Yeah, I I, I mean they got to get up into like the sixties for defense. Yeah. That, which, by the way, would be a gigantic leap from last year. But there's no reason they can't. Total, I would... de- total defense, 111th Oh, last my God, year. that's brutal. I mean, so get up into the Yeah, I guess you're right. 60s. If you can get to the 60s. It's a huge jump. That would be an enormous jump. Okay. Special teams, eh, okay. Got I mean, Jaden Reed returning, so that's good. They got Jaden Reed returning. Um, they lose Matt Coglin, unfortunately. True freshman, here's another great name, Jack Stone. That's, that's gonna be, the true freshman's going to be kicking for him this year. And they got but More of a linebacker name. Yeah, I mean, it's not what you want. Maybe wrong position. It's a great a wasted, name. Wasted football name. It's a wasted football name. That's what it is. So he doesn't, he's not on the all-name team then. But then Bryce Berger, who was great, he was led the conference in yardage last year, punting. He's back. One, a list of many great punters in the Big Ten. He's on there. So uh, switching to the schedule, non-conference, Western Michigan, Akron at Washington. Five years ago when you set, or whenever the Washington-Michigan State game was set up, you're like, oh, man. You know, but... Washington was pretty awful last year. Yeah, so you've got two cupcakes, one not so great team. So it should be should be off to a pretty good start. You would here. think three and zero. I would think so. And by the way, you start counting out their win, their total win totals when we get to that here. So that's what many people would think. Yep, three and zero. Tell you what, that Minnesota game is that's a big game for Minnesota and Michigan State. Absolutely, when you look at it on yeah. the schedule. Um, so. Uh, that they get a bye week pretty much right in the middle, then they finish up with a kick right at the end. So we'll start with biggest game. Okay, so this, I, you know, I'm, I guess I'm violating the rule that I just set with the last team here of not choosing the rival, but I'm going to go with Michigan yeah. based on what happened last year. Mostly I, based on what happened. Like, just crazy game. Michigan's going to be pissed off. You're at Michigan this year. If you can bump them off again this year, that's dude, something. Like, and talks 2-0. Versus khaki pants. Right. Something that you may see on Sparty Twitter every now and then Correct. in a meme or so. They also play Michigan coming off an idle week. I mean, they could, yep. they could very easily be. So they got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games before that. Ohio State's in there. Six and one would be the highest I would see them with games versus uh, Minnesota, Maryland, and Wisconsin. But six and one or even five and two. You win that game, you are spiraling towards another big season in Mel Tucker's third year. For so sure. it's a big game. Scariest game. I, I have Ohio State because Because you, of you what happened last year. I, I'm sorry. I mean it, that was bad. <laughs> so so it would be scary if it happened again. I'm not saying it will, I'm just saying it would be scary. Yeah, I get it. I'm actually gonna go at Illinois. I mean, I think, you know, I Dude, that's a great after Michigan. They play Michigan. Right. Yeah. Could be a big letdown game. Wow, They're on and then the, you got to go on the road on versus the road versus a team, a team, team I think is better than what most people are thinking they're going to be. We're going to get a, there, and a team that's probably going to be pretty fundamentally sound, pretty good, you know, on the lines. I like yours better. Very had a great. We'll get to it, but great defensive team last year. Mine's scary for good reasons, but yours is scary for for more fundamentally scary yeah. reasons. So that's a good answer. Um, curb stomp. I got Washington. Um, just hmm. go out west, go against that Pac-12 team that wants to get in the Big Ten, and just beat them up. Okay. Um, I mean, this the Zips game is going to be sad, right? They're just going to beat the hell so. out of the Zips. That, yeah. So that's cheating. Maybe a little foreshadowing here. I'm going with Indiana. Okay. 
Spittoon game. D- definitely, definitely on the list. I know, I know. <laughs> Could be bad. Um, over under seven and a half. Here's the odyssey that I've been on with Michigan State. Three weeks ago, I would have definitely gone under. Started digging in a little bit more. I know. I'm going over. I know. Seven so, and a half. Like, it, like, Sparty fans are acting like anything less than eight and four. Yeah. Or nine and three. I mean, I, I'm seeing Sparty fans like anything less than nine and three is inconceivable. Okay. If you're over under. <laughs> maybe drinking seven, some green Kool-Aid there. You're over under a set of seven and a half. I think eight and four is not inconceivable. Right. Um, but eight and four, I definitely think they could expect. So I'm already, I know, making a mistake. I, I You know, you you start diving into these teams. You want you want it. You just get positive feelings, right? And I feel like I go over too much, but I can't. That's how I feel. I'm an over here. Yeah. Especially with those first three games. You're probably going to start out 3-0. and One would expect. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with so, you there. I'm over. But it's, I mean, look, you get Ohio State, Wisconsin, Michigan, in a row. Right. I mean, so, for their for their crossover games, they get Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Illinois. So, I mean, most people consider Minnesota and Wisconsin two of the top three teams in the Big Ten West. Illinois, not so much. But I think it is a sneaky good crossover schedule. Okay? My guess is because it's Minnesota and Wisconsin, that's why they're over under 7.5 instead of 8 or even 8.5. Mm-hmm. Okay? Would be my guess. With that being said... Rutgers, Indiana, those should be wins. I expect them to beat Maryland. I expect them to go 3-0. and All of a sudden, you just look and you're like, yeah. they should mediocre their way to six wins. So I, I feel so. like they can get two more wins I know. for the rest of the schedule. I'm an over. That is your 2022 Michigan State Spartans. The Eyes on Big podcast is sponsored by the Amador Whiskey Company. Our unique process takes the highest quality Kentucky bourbon and finishes in California wine barrels. This double barrel aging technique creates characteristics from the individual barrels that are blended together to make an exceptional whiskey. Perfect sip neat or in your favorite bourbon cocktail, Amador is the perfect go-to this fall on game day. Amador Whiskey Company born in Kentucky, raised in California. All right, next up, we got Kurt's own Illinois fighting Illini. Shout out to Tracy W. He's just kind of crazy. Always, always get. And then our, and then our guy, Big Dog. And oh, then, Big Dog's winners. Yep. And, and the Kingfisher. And the King. Those guys are, those guys are nuts. I, I don't like them so much during basketball season. Oh, my gosh. But during the summer and football. Yeah. Pure entertainment. As a non Illinois fan, you have to turn those guys off during the basketball season. <laughs> You literally just have to turn them. Just mute them. I hope they're laughing at that. I bet they <laughs> I hope are. so, too. All right. We got uh, Brett Buellman entering his second year. Last five years. Okay. 19 and 38. That is a 33% winning percentage. 13th in the Big Ten. Hmm. I'm telling you what's dragging you down is that 2017 year. Uh, two and 10. Yeah. I completely forgot about that, man. I had no knowledge of that. I try to forget about it. <laughs> That is that is a if you just bump up three or four wins there it completely well, changes where you where you stack if in the you're, Big Ten. So the good news is yeah. a pretty good year by Beetle this year that drops off and gets replaced by what could ever happen this year. Yeah. It would it, honestly it would make a big step up after that. If you remember that's that was the the reset year. Lovey decided we're going to start all freshmen and he he had a really good that was an underrated his first class was a very underrated okay. class and he's like I'm just riding with these all, all these freshmen. And we're going to take our lumps and get better. 
totally understandable. Just yeah. didn't kind of, you know, come to fruition. Right. So last year, though, five and seven, Beatles' second year, we saw the first win of the Beatle era in person. How are we feeling about the current state of the fighting line? I mean, you have to feel at least solid about this. I think the thing for me is I feel like the floor has been raised just because of the coaching. I mean, look at the previous coaches between Lovey Smith, not a college coach, obviously, and Tim Beckman. Of course, there's that that weird year with the interim in there. The coaching has not been good. Let's be, and, and you can even go back to the Zook era. Not good coaching. End of the Turner era. Terrible coaching. So they have had horrible coaching for a long time. I feel like they have a good coach now. So the floor yes. has been raised. That's that's the biggest thing for me. Next thing for them to do is get better players in, and, and then you can start winning games. Uh, that your assessment as an Illini fan would be exactly what mine would be as a non-Illini fan. I think you just nailed it. Um, we joked, you know, Will will it look like Illinois' poop is in a group when Beetle comes around? We compared it to Shiano coming into Rutgers. I feel like we saw that from the onset yeah, last year. And we'll talk a little bit more about it. Well, I don't know about the onset. It, Dude, they, they beat Nebraska. Okay, they beat Nebraska, but they had their struggles. They hit their stride midseason, and by the end of the year, nobody wanted to play Illinois. 100%. Uh, the the ever listing, the ever growing list of Big Ten West defensive coordinators that are excellent at their job. Okay, this Ryan is, Walters is. This is my other B-list celebrity. He is a B-list celebrity. He is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What um, he did last year was nothing short of amazing. I think it was the best coordinated job of like because then I started looking into your team and I'm like, there were injuries, there were guys playing different positions. Well, it was a new. It was a totally new system. They had they had guys learning to play different. Like they they had guys defensive end learning to play. Outside linebacker. And because Beetle is smarter than what he gets credit for, what did he do? He he upped his pay. It was, it was before the season was even done. He yeah. got him a pay raise. He did, yeah. To hold on to him. Somewhat surprising. He, he shit can the offensive coordinator. Interesting that he brings in Barry Lunny Jr., who Beetle saw up close yeah. at UTEP. L- uh, U- UTSA. So UTSA, Sorry, UTSA came to town last year, beat the Illini. And they, they coached together in Arkansas, too. They did. Coach, yeah, he coached. So there was familiarity yeah. in the past along with what he saw up front. I'm just saying, man, that that is a ballsy CEO move by Beetle. He's doing whatever the heck he wants to do. Yeah, I mean, it, it was ugly. The, the offensive coordinator last year did not do a good job. Uh, but it, it's hard. it's hard to pull that trigger, even if it's not looking good after just a single year. And can I just say, like, people don't ever think about this stuff. This is not a video game where you just hit the fire coach button right. and then hire a new one. You you got to go to your AD. They've got to talk to the freaking yeah. board to read. Like there are steps that have to go through. And somebody questioned him hard and said, "Wait, first year coach guy, you want to fire your first yeah. year offense?" And he said, "Yes." Yeah, because I'll tell you something. So, Beetle doesn't lack in confidence and, and yeah. conviction of what he. Anyway, that, that's just so proof to me. They're running what they call the. Tem Pro offense. Love it. Yeah. Let's start with the offense. Um, dude, this rushing attack is was dang good for how bad you think the offense was. Oh, and as, as an Iowa fan. Isn't it amazing how good the offensive rushing attack was, but yet how bad the offense was? It's okay. A, strange. It's a little bit Michigan State defensey. A little bit Minnesota offensey. I mean, both good okay. rushing yeah. attacks uh struggled uh, at, at the throw game, but I mean, your running backs in the... Okay, so what I have here is Wisconsin, Ohio State, 
Michigan, Minnesota maybe have the better one-two running back duo mm-hmm. than Illinois. Yeah, but a couple of those teams I just named, Illinois is right there. I mean, gosh, between Chase Brown, who is fantastic. And By Josh- the way, underrated team. He's on there. Oh, the all our two oh. our two starting running backs for the underrated team might be Mo and Chase Brown. No doubt. I mean, and that would be a great one too. Well, yeah. I guess. Man, that'd be a heck complimentary of a... styles. But yeah, Josh McCray, who came out of nowhere. This is one of those guys. I mean, in the traditional Wisconsin type of situation where looks like a linebacker to most people, but he says, "I want to play running back." Okay, we're going to give you the chance. And this guy was killing fools out there. He looked good. When, Dude, he, was, when he was healthy, oh my gosh. And they kind of went back and forth for who was healthy and who had the hot hand, correct? Yeah, like, little, I don't yeah. have a lot yeah. of recollection of one guy getting 18 carries and the other guy getting 12 carries in a game. No, it not felt really. Like they, it was either one or the other. Pretty much, yeah. Because so, Chase, Chase was dinged early, Josh got dinged mid season, then they kind of both came back late season. So, yeah, I think that's fair. Okay. Uh, we feel good about the backfield running backs. Okay. Offensive line. We've got some familiarity on the right side of the offensive line. Well, actually, right, left, center. They're okay. They're good there. So Julian Pearl's projected to play left tackle. Palcho's projected right tackle, and then Alex Pilstrom at center. I thought you. My, my bad. I thought you lost your center. We did. Well, okay. Yeah, but the, Pilstrom's a sixth year. Who's guy. this? I'm, who's the center? Doug Kramer. Yes. He's okay. now with the. He's now with the Bears. Vidarian Lowe was the left tackle. Yeah. He's now with the Vikings. Okay. But. Pearl started at guard last year. Palcho started at tackle last year. So we already know we're switching him from guard to center. Uh, Pilstrom is is going to center. Yes. Okay. But here's here's one thing. Okay. Here, here's one thing I want to say. Because this is a huge part to me right here. Is very big. But hold on. What I want to say about the Illinois offensive line, I think also has kind of a high floor here. Yes. But but probably a lower ceiling. Okay. Now they're also very versatile. Everybody plays basically. Every, Every position almost. So how do you feel about that thought process along an offensive line? Well, I guess you got to work with what you have. And even if you're not a true guard, let's say, well, we want our best players out there and and they've gotten bigger too. So they, I think they're going to be just fine running the ball. My concern is pass pro, which gets us to quarterback. Yes. Touchdown Tommy DeVito is going to need protection. We saw him play well at Syracuse when he had protection. We saw him play really bad at Syracuse when he didn't. I I would feel encouraged. I, th- is this a uh, transfer portal get that will decide the, the Big Ten championship and who gets there? Probably not. But this could be one that gets you into a bowl and keeps the program moving forward. I mean, I like his skill set. I like that he just... Makes a quick decision, gets rid of the ball. That is the that is the opposite of what we saw last year from Brandon Peters. I mean, just run. He runs the damn offense, right? What's the play? Okay, yeah. we want to get it. So get the ball out. Get it to him. He does that. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, that is completely different style now that I think oh, about it. Which is what you need. I mean, because it was just, there was times where it was just so methodic. And by the way, that has something to do with pass pro too. Getting the ball yeah. out of your hands early definitely helps young tackles out compared to, you know. Well, and part of that also, I shouldn't blame it all on Brandon Peters, was receivers not getting separation, which I think I think that's something that Barry Laney does well. Okay. He gets guys in space and gets them the ball. 
Okay, so that's what we're going to try to do here. I think DeVito is fine. We're not saying DeVito. I don't I don't think we're saying DeVito is going to be 13 all Big Ten, but no, I, I expect pr- him to be fine. He's pretty athletic. Yeah. Quick release. He's not doesn't have the strongest arm, but he's got a strong enough arm. He threw a really nice deep out in the spring game and said, okay, he's got he's got plenty of our arm strength. And he's a seasoned vet, too. Right. Yeah. Like, and you they, don't have to worry about being a knucklehead. What Lunny wanted was a guy that had started at the Power 5 level. That was his goal. Got it. And he got it. Yep. From a... You know, not from even group of five, higher up. No, he wanted he wanted power five. Okay, let me let me make a statement here. You ready? As yeah. we switch to the receivers. Okay. Do you have better receivers, you think, than Wisconsin? Uh, yeah, I'm going to say toss-up, probably. Okay. Yeah. Iowa? Uh, Probably also a toss-up somewhere in there. Yeah. Northwestern? Better Northwestern. Okay. Don't you feel better about your receiving crew right now than you did even 10 seconds ago? Yeah, uh, what I, I'm saying I is, I, I, I was preempting this because I thought you would say how much you're concerned about the receivers. I mean, they're okay. Okay. They're okay. I, I like Casey Washington. Okay. Casey Washington. Yeah, he's solid. Isaiah, he showed flashes. No doubt. Isaiah, flash. And, and I tell you what, the guy I really like to look for is Pat Bryant. That guy, Okay. great body, looked really good as a freshman, athletic, long. I think he's going to do big things. I'm... I don't know what to think of Brian Hightower. I thought he'd be a lot better. I thought after the 2020 season, he was going to break out last year. I don't know what's going on. Maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. But they've got some talent other than those three guys, too. And then when you think about America, you think about Luke Ford. So Luke Ford, did you know, made the Mackey watch list? Did he really? He Which is it. Uh, do you think so? Sure. Just from the just from the fact that he's stuck around in college football for this long. It's like, a, it's like you, sometimes I think... If an AD and a coach campaign hard enough, they can get him on. Okay. My guess is they probably had something like that here. And he did and that's get, a compliment to Luke Ford. He did land an NIL with one of the wrestling yeah. organizations. I can't remember which. I don't follow that. But Dude, I'm telling you, these wide receivers, they scare me a little bit as I mean, an offensive line. Because if if Lanny, if Lunny can get yeah. them unlocked, yeah. I saw... I saw what two, Isaiah 2.0 looked like yeah. I mean, in if you open can, space. If you can get that guy in space and give him the ball a lot, that's the thing. Get him the ball a lot. It doesn't have to be downfield. Get him the ball with just a little bit of space, and good things are going to happen. Tell you what. Okay, switching to the defense. Um, I got some question marks that I want to work through you yeah. with you here, but again, I have. if I'm a, a Illini fan, I've got that warm, snuggly blanket, which is Ryan Walter's. Yeah. Um, I do got some question marks. Uh, the defensive line kind of seems like more of a rotation, but you tell me. Well, I like the, I like the, the two ends are really good, really solid. That's what they call the, uh, the, the law firm between uh, Randolph and Newton. Okay. That's what, that's what Burt calls it. The okay. law firm of Randolph and Newton. Like Those guys are great. Now they're replacing Rod Perry in the middle. Right. That is a big one. Big one. Especially and, for a three, four. Okay. And this is weird. The two guys that need to replace him are both four-star rated recruits, and they're four-star guys out of high school. They're not transfers. They're Illinois guys that they recruited out of high school as four-stars, and neither one of them has lived up to the billing. It's time to do it. One of those two. Calvin Avery. So and what we're Curtis talking Brown. is these. this is going to be the prototypical 3-4 nose tackle, big body, do your job. Well, it's a – so Ryan Walters, when he got hired, said, I run a multiple set okay. defense. And I'm like, I don't believe you. He really does. Okay, like sometimes so we switch three, four, four, three. It's all four, over two, the place. Five. Yep. Okay. But, okay. So but not I, as big so, of it. Not as big of a deal as what 
a standard three, four nose tackle would, would need to probably be. not, but I do feel good about the starters. Not quite as good about, about the depth. I, I think that's where what could come into play. Okay. So a little bit different than some of the teams we're breaking down here. Calvin Hart looked amazing. Oh my God. Before he it blew his knee. Correct. He Is blew his knee in the game that we watched. He was the best player probably on the field that day. Don't you think he was all over the place? And, and blew his knee out. So I'm expecting, as long as he's healthy, big things out of him. I love the middle linebackers. Tariq Barnes. They're good and they're deep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good linebackers. So even Should... if they go multiple and they need four linebackers out there, you feeling good? Yes. Well, I outside linebackers, different story. Inside, I like. Outside yeah. is going to be trouble. Owen Carney. In the Big Ten West, wouldn't you rather be stronger up the middle? Yeah, I suppose so. Um, For linebackers. I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> But I don't know, in a three four or you know, it's not traditional three four, like I said, they, yep. they mix it up, but the outside linebacker is pretty important. So Seth Coleman I like after that, boy, I don't know what's gonna happen. Okay. But there's depth there. If you play enough four two five, four you know, four three, then you have even more depth. I think your secondary is pretty good as well. It's not bad. I mean, I love Devin Witherspoon and I love Sidney Brown. If you got two guys out there you love Plug in a couple guys that are okay. I think you're going to be fine. Okay. I mean, we've gotten through the meat of the team here. There is nothing I feel bad about. The only thing that I am I have the biggest question marks about are quarterback. And then if quarterback offensive coordinator can unlock the wide receivers. I guess my biggest thing is can the offensive line protect the quarterback, which they were pretty bad at last year and have been pretty bad traditionally. Some of these same guys are just not great pass blockers. That's my biggest concern probably for the whole year. But then intelligently, you get a quarterback that's got a quick release with an offensive coordinator with quick setup. I think you can work with it. All right. Special teams, we got to get depressive here. Uh, Can we we do just a moment of silence? Yes. Okay, thank you. I I needed that. So Blake Hayes was one of the... I mean, the performance he put on that day. He gave us a gift. He literally gave us a gift, me and you. Yeah. We sat right in front of where that ball went out at the half-yard line versus Nebraska. And then him going out at the timeouts, checking out the win. man. Because it changes in Champaign, you know? It does. I just thought about that. Uh, I was watching the old 1990 Iowa-Illinois, and they interviewed. Mm. They were talking about how Hayden Fry brings a notepad with him and talks. And he goes... The swirling wind at yeah. Champaign is the worst in any Big Ten stadium. And no I'm doubt. Like, that's why Blake Hayes was out there that sure. day. Yeah, that's because true. Because he knows that. <laughs> that's that's my first thought. Of course. And by anyway, the way, it, so don't underestimate this. They are going to take a step back in special teams. Uh, dude, it, it's a big deal. I Blake mean, Hayes was a big part of them winning five games last year. <laughs> Absolutely. And and James McCourt, too, has been yeah. a very reliable kicker. So they replace him with um, Caleb Griffin. Punter, Hugh Robertson, another Aussie. He'll be he'll turn 30 years old in January. Shut the front door. <laughs> yes. Is there a punter more na- made for Big Kurt than that? Amazing. Can't wait to see that. All right. Uh, uh, out of um, uh, out of conference, we got Wyoming, Virginia, and Chattanooga, and you got Indo- in, uh, Indiana mixed in there. Okay. Uh, Wyoming is week zero. So geeked for that game, dude. Can't wait. If you want to watch it together, I would like to. Just okay. want to throw that out there at, right now. Um, and then they go right into week one, week three. Then they get an idle week, yeah. week four, which I like. 
the double idle week love it is huge for I, a I, team like Illinois. I wish it wasn't before Chattanooga. I agree. But I'm literally, just gonna say if you could get the idle week moved back one, it'd be perfect. And by the way, Beat has said his goal every year is to get two idle weeks. Oh, dude, it is the way to go. Yeah, I love double idle totally. weeks. But okay, to start out the year, Wyoming, Indiana, Virginia, Chattanooga. I am hoping because that's September. I am hoping that my podcast partner is going to be sitting across from me with a 4-0 football team. It's not out of the realm of possibility. But I am I, I, I expect it. Okay. I expect it. My butt cheeks are going to be really clenched for the first three games. Yeah, I mean, sure. My I got clutchy butt cheeks, butt cheeks for every game for Iowa. So I, I'm with you there. But, uh-huh. like, it, it is, it is the clenchy butt cheeks because, like, you will be disappointed if they go 3-1 and one or, even, or especially 2-2. Two and two. I mean, I wouldn't be terribly disappointed at three and one, two and two. I'd be pretty disappointed. Yeah, yeah. that's that's the that's the yeah. if you will, Hoosier line right there for the first yep. four games. Yep. I want four and zero if I'm Beetle. Um, okay, it's biggest game. What do you got? So, you know, as an Illini fan, you're not thinking about winning the West. You're not thinking about winning the Big Ten. You think about going to a bowl game. So, it's a razor thin edge here. So I'm going with what you just said. You got to start. I think you got to start out hot here. You got you got an opportunity the first four games, so it's either it's either Indiana or it's Virginia. Really? And I think I'm going to go Virginia because that's just the kind of game that we always lose. It's a okay. first year coach. You know, it's a Power Five team. Hmm. It's not a great Power Five team. They're coming to town. You should be able to win that game. We probably won't. So I'm going Virginia. Okay. Interesting. Um. Okay. I have Minnesota. I mean, I, I can see that. Okay. You play Minnesota after you play Wisconsin and Iowa. Yeah. Let's say you go, let's say you split with Wisconsin and Iowa. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not crazy mm. for me to think. It's a little okay? crazy, but okay. It's a big game now against Minnesota because if you beat Minnesota, you're going into the idle week. You just went right. two and one versus what many people consider, you know, the top three teams in the Big Ten West. As happy of a big Kurt as there's ever been for that second idle week. Yeah. Or you go 0-2 and you need that win before the idle week. To me, that's the biggest game. Yeah, I right could see there. that. And it's a winnable um, game, by the way. Absolutely it is. Winnable game with Minnesota. I don't suit too many games on the schedule that aren't winnable. I see maybe two. Okay. 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 Yeah, you're starting to get a sense of how I feel yeah. about this. Okay. Curb stomp. I'm gonna I'm gonna you're gonna think I'm crazy here. Okay. But Virginia. Yeah, I think you're crazy. Payback. They've lost I mean, a lot they, from last year. I know, and, and Illinois got absolutely trounced last year. I mean, it was that game was over midway through the first quarter. And you got yeah. Dude, I I'm I, I do am I calling it a curb stamp? Not necessarily. How sweet would it be if they cur- you curb stomped them back? This is the best I can come up with as an Illini fan. Chattanooga is my curb stomp game. Sorry. It's the best I can come up with. There's a lot of other curve stomp possibilities that are, that are out there. But, um, I mean, you get Nebraska off an idle week, and you've won two in a row. I know. Yeah. And I'm not saying 42 to 3, but 31 to 13? It's not inconceivable. I mean, they, they beat the brakes off them last time they were in Lincoln. Okay. Scariest game. <laughs> I have Wyoming. I have Wyoming, too. You do? Yeah. I thought I'd be alone in that. Because... Everyone's uh, saying, "Oh, well, that's an automatic win." Wyoming's a solid. Pro- they agree. have. They're always a solid program. Yes. Uh, just win that. Just win, baby. D- win any way you can. Any, Bite, scratch, and claw. I don't care if, if it's it- thirteen to ten, and it took like a late 
you know, uh, you will touchdown. see the hap happiest okay. son of a bitch you've ever seen if you're watching that game with me. I, that is, and then and then and then just move on. Look look better the next week, maybe. Right, but just get that win over under four and a half, dude. I'm hammering the, the bet in. Over. I'm hammering the over on that one. I don't think. I, I mean, they could start out four and zero. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and even if they start out three and one, you can't get two more wins. And look, you know how negative I am. I'm hammering the over on this one. It's one of my best bets on the board. Yeah. I've got two of them. The second one's coming up here in a little bit. I know. Okay. Wow. This is a positive Kurt here. I thought I was going to have to, Look, I'm not I saying, I was have to coax you into it. But No, I'm not saying. Like, dude, and, and here's the weird thing is if I had to predict their record right now, which I would probably say five and seven. Okay. But I'm still hammering. Because I feel way better about five wins than I do four. Yes. Which is where the right. line is at. Right. I'm with you. I feel better, but I feel better about six wins than I do four. I feel better about six than four. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, I have listened to other podcasts. I've heard Iowa fans. I've definitely heard Nebraska fans just chalking up Illinois to be a win. I This is your warning. We are in July. I'm telling you fan bases around the Big Ten West, you you better take this Illinois team seriously. Before we move on, one last thing. Again, pick six previews. We love them. Got this from him. His game grader formula. This is what I'm talking about with coaching. This is... Why I feel like they've got a high floor. In August and September, they were 57th out of 66 Power 5 teams in the game grader, in his game grader. In October, they were 47th out of 66. In November, they were 15th out of 66 Dude, teams. I was, you beat to it. I was like, what does the game grader look as the year went on? That's how much better From they were. From 57 to 47 to 15. It's called coaching. Wow. Sometimes with some of those guys, maybe some of the first coaching they got since they've been on campus. <laughs> It makes a difference. Wait, what is this thing that's happening right now? I'm getting better. What's happening? I feel more confident in what I'm supposed to do. They're instructing me on what to do when I'm on the field? <laughs> Interesting. That was your 2022 Illinois Fighting Illini. Last team up. Shout out to Alex Davis. The 2022 Indiana Hoosiers. Last five years, 26 and 31. 46% winning percentage. 10th in the Big Ten. Last year, though, 2 and 10. Ish. How are we feeling about uh, the fighting Tommy Allens? Hmm. Well, when Tommy got there, it was like you had this hope, like, but it's Indiana. Can they get over the hump? Then they got over the hump. Like, they were always a good team, but never more than just a solid team, I guess. And they could never get to a bowl. Then they had that great year, and then it all falls apart. Well, they had. So 2019 was a breakthrough. Yeah, uh, eight, eight and four should have won the bowl. Yeah, right. Um, we all know 2020. That was they they needed to reseize. Like this was their chance. Yep. For Indiana football to be Iowa, Michigan State. Yeah. You know, like that was their chance. They yep. started the year ranked. It has been a dud ever since then. They kind of they kind of spiked up and challenged Cincinnati. Kind of got screwed in that game, to be honest with they you. They did, and, and I mean, man, that, the wheels fell off. I wonder if they're gonna, we're gonna look back, and it all points back to that Cincinnati game. Everything and, points, and and, so, and and the targeting call from Micah McFadden. Correct. So lots of portal action, but not in the good direction for this team. They lost twenty three players. So, so that so I, key depart so key departures. Uh, here's my here's here's what I got written down. Just the quarterbacks, couple of the running backs, most of the patch catchers. And the entire right side of their offensive line. Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, did you enjoy the play? <laughs> right. It's not. And Oof. this is off an offense that 124th oh. 
Luckily, they were in the Big Ten to let Iowa not finish last in most of this stuff. Scoring offense, 123rd. They barely averaged 17 points a game. Okay, more pick six here. Their game grader's the opposite. So I'm not going game grader here, but winless in – well, I will get to that. Winless in conference, first time since 2011. Winless at home in conference, first time since 2015. Fewest wins, two wins since 2011, and they were 63rd out of 66 in the game grader. Good for dead last in the Big Ten. It, it it looked bad, and it statistically was bad. There was, there wasn't a whole lot of prettiness at any point in the season. You ever you ever seen the movie Fun with Dick and Jane? I think I have. It's, uh, Jim Carrey before he went loony. Oh, and, uh, the know. underrated on the hotness scale, Taya Leone. Okay. Anyways, no, no, maybe the, I haven't. The quote in the movie is, "We could be in a little pickle here, Dick." <laughs> That's what I keep thinking about. A little pickle here. When I Dick. think uh, the Hoosiers. So going to offense, Connor Basilak. Oh, by the way, I, I wrote this down. Okay. Uh, you know, um, we love pick six, obviously. Athlon's got a cool thing where they rank the units mm, yep. for each Big Ten team. Sure. Well, so does pick six. Pick six, yeah, too. Right. Yeah. So, okay, I went off of Athlon. Excuse me, uh, Brett. I'll use pick six from here on out whenever, whenever I use these. But... So this is quarterback, running back, wide receiver, O-line. Right. For where they're ranked in the Big Ten. 11, 14, 13, 14. Actually, it's not – Brett's not far off. I wrote him down for oh, Brett. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's – this doesn't look good. I mean, yeah. You know what they need right now? They need some good old-fashioned coaching. Boy, I guess so. So, I mean – it, So It's offensive. hard to compare the – so Michigan State brought in a whole bunch of new faces and whatnot – that's the best you can hope for is like, it's such an influx of new faces. And I mean, the coordinators new. they got yeah. Walt Bell. Yep. First year. Um, that's, that's what you're hoping for is, is the good news is all of those players that we just talked leaving is actually the good news. N- now you get a new offensive coordinator and faces to work with. Mix a little luck in there too. I think you have to. Mm-hmm. Part of it would be Connor Basilek coming over from Missouri. I don't think Missouri fans were like in love with him. No. So he was, he was a solid quarterback, but turned it over a lot. That was, yeah. that was the, a lot of it INTs. That's what he's got to work on. Is it going to get better behind this offensive line? And then you got uh, mobile guys, Donovan McCauley and Dexter Williams that are back there. Um, if you start getting a sense that the offensive line is not only not average, but bad, maybe you have to switch to the more mobile guys at some point. You might have to. I know that's some right. deciding that has to happen. I, I mean, I don't know what to say. About the offensive line, they're old. Yeah, they are old. So I don't, who knows? Maybe maybe they're serviceable just because they've been around and had a bunch of practice reps. And they finally, and and maybe a switch in the offensive voice that helps the offensive line out. As far as the running backs transfers, both Sean Shivers from Auburn, Josh Henderson from North Carolina, guys that, that I mean, they got almost no carries at their previous schools. Right. So you're just hoping that they're as good as what their recruiting analysis was three or four years ago when they went there. And who was the, if there was any bright spot last year on the offense, it was Peyton Hendershot. Right. He's now gone. And he's gone. Yep. Um, DJ Matthews at wide receiver, Cam Camper, Emery Simmons, Jaquez Smith. If you don't know any of these people other than DJ Turner, DJ Turner, DJ Matthews, DJ Matthews, excuse me. Somebody that I think uh, Indiana fans were hoping was break out a little bit more. He didn't really 
ever break out too hard. He did okay. Well, he broke his ACL. That. So he's coming off of that. Uh, Cam Camperner is a Juco. Emery Simmons, another North Carolina guy. Jack has Smith. Younger. Four-star recruit, though. I don't know. Somebody's got to step up here and help the quarterback out. And, I mean, okay, offensive line. You do have Matt Bedford back. He's had his ups and downs. You got a cup. Luke Haggard, he's he's started before. You My, could make an argument that they're the 14th best offensive lineman. There might be a gap between them and 13. Ooh, wow. You're going that far, huh? They're definitely 14. I'm If I... If I'm painting a negative tone, I don't know what else to say. Here's I try to great be honest. News. Tommy Allen is going to be calling the defense this year. Good defensive coordinator. Guy we can rely on. It didn't go so well last year. Made some changes. Chad Wilt is in his first year. Comes over from Minnesota. But it's going to be Tommy Allen calling the D. He has made that public. And I needed help from... I needed help from uh, uh, Ryan Burns because I'm like, I couldn't picture Chad Wilton. I remember he's the D-line, D-line coach. Yep, correct. Um, so I think a quality guy, but like I think Tommy Allen is coaching the D because he is so Casernicus about what this entire thing is going to look like. He's like, but his, I need something to look manageable. So he is going to jump in on the offensive line or uh, defense to help out as much as humanly possible. I, I think he's doing it because his job – relies on that's you very succinct way of saying what i just said yes um by the way athlon rankings d line 12th linebackers 14th dbs 12th okay uh i wrote it down so pick six goes 14 on the defensive line nine linebackers seven defensive back okay so he's a little bit higher on the back seven well yeah i mean and i guess he's getting a lot of credit to taiwan mullen in the in the backfield right yeah i thought that's all all american type of player right there and it does it gets better as you move back, for sure. I th- Yeah. Yep. So I guess that's good versus uh, Ohio State. But the rest of the Big Ten, when you when you want it reversed. Yep. You know, Michigan State, Michigan to run the ball at you. We got some names we recognize in the defense defensive line. James Head has yep. been around. Demarcus Elliott, Alfred Bryant. Those guys are old. They've, they've had some snaps. So maybe they can surprise us. Yeah, uh, J.H. Tevis, Miles Jackson, we'll see. Uh, linebackers, I mean, Micah McFadden was, I mean, he was the heart and soul. He was, but Cam He's Jones. as big a loss to the Indiana defense as as um, um, Kenneth Walker is to the Michigan State offense. Okay. They need Cam Jones to be Mike McFadden. Okay. And they break the, they have a four-star, Desan McCullough. I think they'll be plugging him in. I think you'll see a lot of him right away as a true freshman. Because it's a two-part thing where if it's a tough year, he's at least got to have playing experience if you want him to stick around. Yep. Right? Yeah. So oh, play yeah. him. Play him. Got to play if him. If you think he can play, he's got to play. Uh, yeah, Bradley Jennings. Uh, he's good at Miami. So maybe that back seven with getting the coaching. Okay. But the, the the DBs, definitely good. Taiwan Mullen, Jalen Williams, they are, they are good DBs. Yep. Safeties are solid, too. DBs is definitely a strength. Uh, by the way, I, I told them all up. The average rank of all the units is 12.8. All of them? Offense and defense? Yeah. So that's okay. just short of 13. Oh. Looking at the schedule, the schedule is tough. <laughs> I don't like the fact that they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games to start out with before they go idle. 
Yeah, then, that's tough. But then the crossovers aren't bad. Illinois at Nebraska and Purdue. Okay. It could be a lot worse. I mean, they're going to play uh, Purdue. Definitely. That's actually pretty good. It's just that you get Purdue after playing Penn State at Ohio State at Michigan State. Yeah, and then you get Purdue. Uh, Nebraska is in Lincoln. Yeah. Illinois is after Illinois gets a yeah. zero game. Gosh, that is, that is tough, isn't it? So it's like you kind of get credit like you just gave them because you're not getting Iowa, Minnesota, or Wisconsin. But then you look deeper on when they're playing them. Boy, that's they could right. Be, I mean, by the time they play Purdue, they, they, they might just, you know, they might be ready for basketball season, let alone Hoosier fans. Great news. They play Maryland and Rutgers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is the best news. Um, Western Kentucky? I don't want to play that. That's not a game they I had, want to play. They, they struggled with them last year, if you Right, for sure. I mean, uh, Barely Western them. Kentucky lost a lot. They lost the quarterback and all those you know, transfers and stuff. Okay, Cincinnati lost a lot. Do you think Cincinnati is going to be well-coached? Oh, my gosh. And they play them at Cincinnati. Oh, my gosh. Dude, well, they right... play Idaho. Yay, they play Idaho. That is... <laughs> Boy. Uh, so, biggest game I have for them is Illinois. I do, too. They... It... But but if they beat Illinois, we're gonna get to their win total. I, I, if they beat Illinois, because then they have Idaho, they could start. They could start out two and zero. Yes, they could. They could start on two, and one and one oh, is man. what I'd expect. Yeah, scariest game. I got the Idaho Vandals. Because if you, <laughs> I went with. If West. you go zero and one, <laughs> and Illinois beats you thirty-one to thirteen, uh huh. It's not wrong. It's okay. not wrong. But I went with Western Kentucky. I don't even know. Western Kentucky is kind of well thought of. Yeah, it's true. Maybe you lose to Idaho. Oh, oh, and twelve is on is now on the menu. Yeah. Right? Yes. I don't think they're going to lose to Idaho, and I don't think they're going to go to zero and twelve. But I'm just saying. I think they're going to curb stomp Idaho. I have Idaho as both the scariest game and curb stomp okay. as well. Over under is four. I've already got my under bet in. Under. I'm under. Yeah, but but again, this is like, a pusher and under one hundred percent. Okay, so. Yeah, you're probably right. Push her under, right? But think about it. Illinois, it's a winnable game. Then you have Idaho. Then you have Western Kentucky. It's not crazy they could go 3-0. That is true. And then you just pick up one to get a push. And Maryland and Rutgers. And you got Maryland Rutgers. The, the, so they, but, like, we just listed off five games that we think are winnable. I, I guess maybe throw Nebraska in there. For six, maybe, but at Nebraska, at Nebraska though, and I think Nebraska should be winning some games by then. And they got a thing in their arse for Indiana. They're going to be gunning for Indiana. I'm just saying, I'm reaching to say six games teams that I think they can beat. Mm -hmm. So we'd expect them to go four and two to hit their over under. Right. Okay. Just a push. I thought. I thought that's how you'd feel. Yeah. About Indiana. All right. You got anything else? No, that's it, man. I'm Jeffrey the Greek. I'm Big Kurt. This has been the Eyes on Big Podcast. We'll talk to you soon.